Hello friends and welcome to There She Grows, the podcast for empowered women who are ready to grow the life and business of their dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Bledsoe, and I am obsessed with helping women like you master their mindset while manifesting your goals and creating a life and business you are excited to wake up to every day. So grab your favorite beverage and maybe a pen for taking some notes because we are about to get growing. Amanda, 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 show. Please tell me that you have watched all that and know what I'm talking Okay, but also my maiden name is Heinz, which rhymes with Vines. So like I even have more of a connection. you even have more of a connection. Obviously though, our lives took two different paths. Yes. Yes, I think we have all followed the Amanda Bynes saga, Um, but I I have obviously several different friends named Amanda, but every single time that I talk to any of you, that's like the theme song that's like playing (laughs) in my mind just on repeat, so I had to kick off that episode with a little tune, Um, so you're welcome to those of you who are being left with my voice. (laughs) Don't you have your own theme song with uh, New Girl? Like, it's just. Oh, yeah, I guess so. You have your I just, own. I mean, I've watched The New Girl. I just, I don't know. Things just embed on you differently, I feel like, when you're a kid. Like, you just remember yes. things so much more. And I remember there was, like, this skit that Amanda Bynes would do. And it was, like, um, she was, like, dressed up and she had, like, glasses on. Anyway, there was, like, this girl <laughs> that I went to high school with. And she was, like, every time I see that skit, I think of you. And so I just became like obsessed with that character, but it was like all, it was like, I don't even remember the details, but it had something to do with eggs and I don't even like eggs, but I would pretend to like eggs just so I could like do this. I'm totally following you. I had, I just need to rewatch them, but I'm going to have to just say that Amanda's are the best. My best friend's name is Amanda. I probably have 15 Amanda's in my life and they're all so freaking cool and I jumped out of a plane and like did skydiving and there were three Amandas on the plane my first uh <laughs> I know my first um roommate was an Amanda there were like eight on our floor when I was a freshman in college so it's just a popular name and now with Amanda Gorman being like the most amazing poet at the yes. inauguration like I'm like yes there's a new generation of Amandas just killing it. it I mean I will I will say now that I may I've had nothing but fantastic interactions with Amanda's but when I was in like middle school and high school my arch nemesis her name was Amanda (laughs) and so I had a really bad like connotation for Amanda's until I met this this new influx of Amanda's that I've yes become acquainted with in my adult life so um yeah I mean Amanda's kind of like Jessica I feel like Amanda's actually more popular than Jessica but if you were born in like the mid 80s to the early 90s like you're Mm -hmm. just gonna know 1500 different Amanda's and Jessica's and Ashley's and whatever but yeah I just call you Amanda Dare so when I have to like Mm -hmm. talk to my husband about what Amanda I'm gonna be seeing at first it was Amanda the new black but then I was like that's just a mouthful so I'm just gonna start calling you Amanda Dare um so so yeah so that's you are hereby dubbed Amanda Dare for my household purposes Thank you. I mean, that is my name, so <laughs> I, know, I your accept. <laughs> and Dare is actually your middle name, which I think is yeah. like even cooler because like growing up, you got to say like, uh, Dare is my middle name and you weren't like making it up. That literally was your middle name. 
Yeah, just double dog dare me to do anything. Like it is ingrained in me, in my <laughs> heart and soul. But I'm I'm actually named after Amanda Dare Rockefeller, but way too far back to actually like have any um, financial. Um, yeah, but <laughs> like how awesome that you have that to like that. tap into. Like it's in like I your mean, DNA. Like money is in your DNA. Wealth is yes. in your DNA. Okay, true. I was just like hoping I could actually have a tap where there's like money physically coming I too to wish me. I had Rockefeller <laughs> funds, but here we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I won't spend any more time yeah. on, on our names and actually get into this episode. Um, so welcome, friends, to another episode of There She Grows. I am so, so excited to have my business bestie. My We share like office space together now. We have been like the glue that has held each other together through this pandemic. Shout out to our counterpart, Ellie, who is not part of this podcast today, but me and Amanda and Ellie formed our business besties. Uh, Marco Polo chat way back in like March or April and we have just been like holding each other together through this pandemic and I wanted to have Amanda on the podcast we've been trying to coordinate this forever as you guys know I took a little hiatus from doing interviews because I needed to get my shit together my shit is finally somewhat together and Amanda is currently on a wonderful business creative retreat which we'll talk about more here in just a moment so we figured now was the perfect time to record this podcast and just, you know, start, start this new chapter of 2021 off on a more positive note. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear from Amanda. She is a serial entrepreneur like myself and um, is someone who has overcome just challenge after challenge after challenge. But I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, if there is anyone who believes in like just like this is going to work more than I believe in myself and that this is going to work is it's Amanda Dare because yes. no matter what happens she's like I don't know how it's going to work but it's going to work and I love 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 that energy so welcome to There She Grows Amanda I'm so happy that we finally figured this out. I'm so excited to be here and so incredibly proud and I'm an avid listener of the podcast so I mean I'm just excited to be a part of it so thanks biz I I don't call you biz bestie though I call you my biz wifey so yeah that's I mean, true it is, I, that, I did I did misspeak it is the biz wifey's group I mean, on Marco Polo <laughs> I'll accept either one as long yeah. as there's wine we're good <laughs> <laughs> exactly so Amanda and I met um probably what like four or five years ago at this point. At least. It's been a yeah. long time. We met mm -hmm. quite a while ago. Um, and we, we met in, um, in a point in our lives where we were both running businesses out of trucks. So <laughs> at the time I was part of a, a food truck that I owned with a few other people uh, doing New Orleans style snowballs, which is delicious shaved ice for those of you not familiar. And Amanda <laughs> had her retail, it's now a retail store. Um, but it was out of a, it was a, a boutique, a fashion boutique. And so we set up together at the mall one day and we met, um, but we didn't really become friends until we joined uh, or we got accepted into the Wild Accelerator together, which I've talked about a little bit more here on the podcast. Um, and so we, we ran into each other, realized that we were both applying for the accelerator. And then I'm sure you remember Amanda, the night that we had at at the bar. <laughs> yep, I sure do. <laughs> so there's like no friendship that's formed better than just like over a couple of drinks when you're commiserating about all mm -hmm. the horrible things that have gone wrong in your business. 
Oh, so many things. So much just like pouring out of, you know, your mind when you're just like, I'm finally with someone who understands what I'm going through because the entrepreneur like lifestyle can be very isolating. And there's only so many stories that my husband wants to hear about my business and about things that are going wrong <laughs> in my business um, before he just, you know, has to tune me out, I'm sure. So I'm just happy that we we really did just decide to say like after the like networking experience we were having and stay for a couple of drinks and just kind of opened up more and I can't even tell you how how much like how thankful I am and how much I appreciate a relationship with someone who's just really willing to be open and honest and and forthcoming with how difficult and how beautiful it is to be an entrepreneur and to be in charge of yourself but to make all the decisions like the weight of entrepreneurship can be so heavy so to share that weight a little bit or um you know kind of have that relief from someone else in that discussion was just i i needed it and then i think we both kind of were like you know what we're gonna get in this accelerator it's gonna happen we just willed it to exist yeah, we manifested it <laughs> we manifested it and then only from there like every single week for well like six or eight weeks we were like, like sitting next to it yeah oh it was 12 shoot yeah. i forgot <laughs> that was in 2019 we we're not in 2021 i'm like it's I forgot everything. Mind, like <laughs> how quickly like time has passed since then. But I feel like 2020 just like put us in this like time vortex too. Where like yes. I feel like 2021 is really just like 2022.0 because we didn't mm -hmm. actually get to experience 2020. Oh, but I experienced 2020. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. We I, I had mean, so we many all, experiences. We all experienced it. <laughs> but you're totally right. Like my mindset is like. I even get confused about time, like in general now. I'm just like, when did that happen? How long ago was it? Like what people are meeting up again? Like what's happening in the world? So it's, it's definitely one of those things where um, once we kind of manifested it and we got to sit next to each other every single week, like our relationship grew and we always sat in the same seats. Remember like, <laughs> it's like, uh, even when you don't have assigned seats, you just like start to gravitate towards like, this is like your comfortable space now, mm -hmm. especially when we were doing that program together. Like it was just a really vulnerable time for everyone who was in mm -hmm. there. And there was a lot of crying that was happening <laughs> and mm -hmm. a lot of just having to be really vulnerable about what was going on in your life and your business. And um, knowing that we were trying to make the most of the time that we had in the program, but we were also all just experiencing so many different things. So when you go through something that intense, like I really think it just bonds you and, um, you know, speaking of, of manifesting, manifesting, getting into wild, I definitely, I definitely did manifest that, but I really feel like I manifested this friendship too. And so many of the friendships that I've cultivated over the last couple of years, because I, you know, I didn't grow up in Louisville and I have some really amazing friends that I've had for a really long time, but they're not entrepreneurs. And it really did feel like I was just kind of living alone out here on entrepreneur Island. And I was just like really craving a friendship with women who were going through the same things that I was going through, or at least like understood where I was coming from as an entrepreneur. And my husband is my business partner. And so we obviously talk about business all the time, but it's just not the same, you know, like it's not mm -hmm. the same as when you have other people that you can just lean on. And so I feel like you were one of the first people that really came into my life after I'd really intentionally been trying to find 
those relationships and why I think I just like gravitated towards you so much is because we had like we did at least know who each other was and we had talked a few times but it was kind of like okay this is this is the person that I'm gravitating towards and we did get to just share those things like entrepreneurship is not it's not always fun and it's not always unicorns and rainbows but I think that we've just been like afraid to share those things because you don't want to discourage someone mm -hmm. from starting their own business yeah and you also like you don't really want to compare yourselves to others and when you're in a professional setting it can just be really weird to talk about the things that are going wrong in your business especially if you're trying to like you know acquire them as a client or something and right. so it's just really nice to have somebody to talk to and be like man my bank account is overdrawn for the 47th time this month. Like I'm going through all yes, of these different preach. things. <laughs> like, you know, like we could just talk about all those things that we had experienced and been like, oh, you went through that. Oh, I went through that, that too. And I, yeah. it's a good thing that we weren't actually playing a drinking game because we would have been <laughs> passed out. But, um, but yeah, it's, it. you know, I think it's so important to, to find those people and cultivate those relationships and and so I'm just really happy that that didn't stop with Wild, that we've been able to obviously stay very good friends since then and only grown through closer through that experience. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm really glad we didn't go shot for shot on how many times our bank accounts oh, have no. been overdrawn. No. There, was a, there would not have been enough old. bourbon in Kentucky. <laughs> also, like, I'm 30. I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, excuse me. That, I have two-day hangovers now. Yeah, I am almost 32. So like that back then in my younger yeah. years, <laughs> back, back in the day, back in the 30 year old year, I just yeah. maybe could have handled it. But yeah, too much. And I think it's um, I think because I think something that we really should focus on right now is the idea that you and I both owned multiple businesses. And I think that we probably were led to each other in that respect as well. Like I hadn't really thought of that before. But I know that I'm not scaring you off by telling you the realities because you've done it multiple times. Yeah. So you didn't yeah, stop you. up a bunch of businesses. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And like, and I think, you know, we always forget like that. You, you think that one is like really going to change your life from the very beginning and maybe it will. And like, hopefully it will because like, it's hard, but I've learned so much more and I even thought about this with like all the debt I've taken on for business compared to like my um, college um, debt and everything like, wow, like my college debt, you know, seemed substantial at the time and I'm still paying it off, you know, forever. <laughs> well, hopefully not for forever, yeah. but, but for debt, <laughs> I know I was like, come on, that would be so great. But, um, but also like the business that, that I've taken on, like over, you know, just over the businesses and over the years and everything like has, has taught me so much more. Like it, it's a, it's the investment that I made not only in the business, but in the experience of owning a business and then the experience of learning from owning a business and how much I couldn't have paid anybody to have taught me all the things that I had to go through and that I had to mess up in order to learn it the hard way and not make the same mistake in the next business that I had. So I feel like that's really important. And also another thing is that I was also really looking for um, female entrepreneur relationships as well. And in 2019, I just remembered that in January, I made the decision to go out to coffee with someone um, new, just that I hadn't actually been able to like sit down and talk to you about things. Um, and it just could be anybody that inspired me. I'm a creative entrepreneur as well. So like 
I just wanted to kind of like keep conversations moving. And it wasn't always about getting a client. It was more about like understanding other people and kind of a little bit trying to find my business bestie, business wifeies. Yeah. So Unofficial I just started, interviews. Yeah, I mean, like kind of, it's coffee <laughs> date. And you and I have both been with our, um, well, husbands, but partners for such a long time. Like I never dated people, <laughs> like yeah. not really. Like we've been together since I was 17 or 18. I don't know. <laughs> a long time. So I feel like kind of going out to those coffee dates, you're right. It's, it's like, it was dating, you know, I was trying to find that relationship. And I think because I went, I was like, so used to going on those. It's like, by the time you came along and like, I was ready <laughs> and I didn't, I think the serial entrepreneurship plus with me being also really interested in like us finding each other at kind of that right time of our lives, like has really bonded us so much. I mean, I definitely consider you not only to be one of my business best friends, but one of my best friends. So yeah, like my, you're like one of my, like in real life, best friends now is what yeah. I say. Like, I'm like, well, she's my business bestie, but like, also she's like my, like for real actual yeah. bestie like, too. <laughs> we can also just talk about other things. Like, and it's fine. Exactly. And I do I think mean, that there is something to be said for like serial entrepreneurship because you've just experienced failure, honestly, like so mm -hmm. many times, like I sometimes I even forget about some of the business that I've started and like either they failed or like they just fizzled out and I like figured out that like oh that should have been a hobby and not not a business right, um, right and then thinking too like what you said like you know we take on debt for these businesses and sometimes they don't work out but it's not even really about the money it's about the lessons that we've learned through that and like I think part of what's so important in working through your money mindset is understanding that debt isn't always a bad thing. And what I've tried to do is like switch it into like, this is leveraged money, not debt. And it's mm -hmm. like money that I've leveraged that, you know, I've never until just recently, I'd never taken out like an official business loan. Like I'd always, all of our businesses had always been bootstrapped through like the services that we did or just through like our own personal funds. And, um, but we accumulated quite a bit of tax debt because of that, because we didn't have, you know, like I had enough money to make payroll, but I didn't have enough money to like pay my taxes too. Mm -hmm. And so through that, we just accumulated a lot of tax debt. And I was always just really, I was always really self-conscious about it. Like I didn't want to tell anybody about it. I was always worried about how I was going to pay it back. But then when I looked at it and I looked at like what the balance actually was, I was like, I mean, this is less, this is significantly less than if I had taken out a loan to start my business. So when I was able to shift my mindset from seeing like, this was actually like, this is money that I was able to leverage to grow my business. And while yes, I am having to pay interest on it now, like I am in a position where I can begin to pay it back and payment plans exist for a reason, which is something we payment say all the time. Plans. Oh my God. <laughs> do I love a payment plan? And I have to tell you, the government has very low interest rates when you owe them money. You just and have to make one that works you. for like, you. you they totally to call. Will. You just have mm -hmm. to call and talk to them, which trust me, I have to have like a whole meditation session. Like I have to get into like the zone of being in a place where I can call and set up those payment arrangements. Um, but they're always more than happy to work with me. And even, you know, through the pandemic, when I was like, I'm, I am poor, yep. please yep. help me. They were they not were happening to kind of put them on hold mm -hmm. for a moment. So, uh, but it is like, there's just kind of this stigma around money and people don't talk about money and like, people are happy to talk about money when they're making a lot of money. But right. Like when you're not, you're just like, I must be a failure. And then I've learned through, you know, just being more vulnerable with, women specifically it's like usually when I open up to them about something they're 
they'll open up to me about something and we always find that like we've experienced the same things and that I'm not the only one who's out here like racking up all this tax <laughs> debt and I like I am definitely making strides towards like obviously not making those same mistakes again and like you want to like right. learn from those lessons and you want to do everything you can to get back on track but you know, if you're someone who's listening and you're like shaking your head yes to all of this stuff, just know that there's like a light at the end of that tunnel. And for me, it all shifted when I started to think about money in a different way. And I saw something on Facebook the other day. And one of my like, I'm in all these like manifestation Facebook groups or whatever, but somebody was like, um, you know, what's one way to think about debt in a positive way? And somebody was like, money that believed in me before I did. Yes. And I just felt like full body oh, chills when I read that. I, God, I love that. I like, I'm like, I have like, I have chills again just saying it out loud, but I oh, have thought that so God. many times since I've seen it. It was like <laughs> money that believed in me before I did. Like, I really like, I like literally have yeah. like goosebumps because I think that uh, that's so true. It's we shouldn't uh, be afraid. Like make of me money. cry. I know. I'm literally like tearing up a but little you know, bit. I'm like weepy all the time. So I'm like, oh, that's so cute. I, I mean, you know that. me. I cry about like stupid things, but not about real things. <laughs> but whatever. It's because I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> oh, I figured out though that I have a um, ascending moon in Capricorn. So that's where all my like money drive comes that's from. That's where it comes from. That's I it. guess. I'm just learning about all of the different like astrological signs that we have and like Mm -hmm. I don't know I love learning about stuff like that but I also am learning to take take some of it with a grain of salt well yeah I got a bad tarot card reading recently and it just like it like kind of screwed me up for a couple of weeks and I don't know if like the the person who was doing the reading it was like a virtual reading and so like Mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe like her energy was off or maybe like when I placed my order, my energy was off or something, but I got it back and I was like not feeling good about the reading that I had. And then it was like, well, you know what? At the end of the day, like I'm the one who gets to decide yes, by fate and like what mm-hmm. happens to me and the energy that I'm going to show up in. And I am not, I'm not going to step into the energy of this reading, which means that it yes. doesn't matter. Um, and so that, I, I think I needed that though, because sometimes I do I was just rely on that. other things to like point me in that right direction. And I needed something to be like, nah bitch like you are the one in charge doesn't matter if you're an Enneagram 7 or a Capricorn like (laughs) you are the one that's gonna go out here and make it happen for you sometimes you just need a little swift kick in the ass and like and sometimes you need someone like my best stuff and like creatively and otherwise like comes from being told no and comes from like not thinking that it's going to happen and me being like but it's but I want it to happen and everything else that I wanted to happen, I found a way to make happen. And so now I just don't believe that there are things <laughs> that aren't going to happen if I want them to happen because I will find a way as I get older and everything too. I just like have more and more evidence of like, Nope, that's not, that's not good. I will find a way, no big deal. And it just kind of like, sometimes you need to hear even what feels negative in the moment and like deal with that, like actually take those emotions in and everything. But like, sometimes you just need to hear something you don't want to hear. Exactly. And And I change it. I think like, so the reading that I had, it was like a 12 month reading. And so she pulled a card for like every month, basically from Mm. like February through January of next year. And basically like 
it was like, I'm only going to have good months in like May or October, May and October. And I was like, well, I, th- I'm not gonna, that's not, no, <laughs> I don't accept that as an answer. <laughs> but there were also some things that she brought up that I'm like, okay, well, why am I having a negative reaction to this? You yes. know, like there was clearly something that I had like internalized or that I was having feelings over that. Like, if you just read the words, cause she sent me the reading and like, basically like an email. Mm-hmm. So like, if you just read the words from the reading, like they didn't necessarily have a negative connotation, but I was taking them negatively for some reason. Mm. And so it really made me kind of like investigate why I was feeling that way. And there were some like emotions that I needed to uncover there. And there were some things that like I needed to like work through myself. So I guess you could say overall, it wasn't a bad reading because it did force me to like take a mm-hmm. look at some things that were going on in my life and how I felt about certain things. But you know, in some regard too, I'm like, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know where this is coming from because this is not how I feel, but that's okay because now I'm saying I'm the one that's going to step into that and, and yes. say that, that no, I'm going to have a fantastic month every month, not just in May and October. <laughs> so I do not accept this, but I yeah, I think everything, it. everything does happen for a reason. It sounds like maybe you just needed the reading. Maybe it's not that you needed the answers because you know the answers. Maybe you just need reading to to challenge you I mean it's been hard to like find like of course it's been a challenging year and everything but like sometimes you just need the right challenge at the right time and it sounds like you got it yeah I mean this is the first time that I've really like talked about it a whole lot like out loud I mean I told my husband like when I got it I was like oh I just got this tarot card reading and it wasn't good and I kind of like walked him through it and he was really the one that was like I mean it doesn't have to mean anything if you don't want it to Mm -hmm. mean anything and I was like, I mean, I guess you're right. And I used to like, not to say that I'm not anymore, but I used to be super into like tarot and I was just always, I, I think more so I was just looking for someone to tell me like what my life was going to look like or to validate me in some way. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, I love going to New Orleans and I love like having my cards read when I'm there. But through the last couple of years, I've just been feeling really disconnected from that, but all, almost coming from like a place of fear in that like I didn't really want any of that and I don't know if it was that I didn't want the outside influence or that I didn't want something negative to come up but I think it's just all been a process of working on myself and my mindset and getting to a place where I could allow anything to distract me from the work that I was doing personally and I think that I think that we do need that sometimes just to like you know sometimes it's just something fun to do mm-hmm. and then I think I think totally. in this instance like that's what I thought I was doing was just something fun and then it came back and it was like super serious and I was like oh god like <laughs> I'm gonna have to reevaluate myself a little bit so you know I, I think it did work out in the end but um, I don't even really know how we got here other than to say like well I was just thinking like the further you grow and the further you like go through um different things and businesses but like as you grow in your mindset and as you learn that kind of those ideas of manifesting and everything, like you just get stronger, you get stronger, your mindset gets stronger. My mindset protects me and I don't let the exterior influence affect me. And it seems like maybe the reason why you're not enjoying them as much is because it is exterior, like, you know, influence. And you're like, but my interior is so strong that, my interior thoughts are stronger than this. And I'm just, and and maybe like that punctured it a little bit and it was like uncomfortable for a moment, but it also like brought you back to the point of like, 
no, my interior is so strong and my intuition is so strong and my mindset is so strong that I will not allow this to do that. And you just maybe just needed that reminder of it I or something. You're right. Like I thank you for hosting me on your podcast today and, and walking you're me. You're so welcome. Because <laughs> I think you're I think you're totally right. And I you know, that actually makes me really proud of myself because I feel like I'm finally getting so proud of you. (laughs) We're like, I feel like I am finally like in tune with like who I am and like what I want out Mm -hmm. of life and like what I'm working towards and what, what my actual values are. I know if you could see Amanda right now, she's making like (laughs) proud mom face. Um, but that's something that I've always struggled with. Like I've always looked for, you know, other people to validate what I'm doing. And I've, I've always been someone who's like, am I making the right decision? Should I talk to other people before I make this decision? And I'm finally arriving at a place where I feel confident in making decisions myself and saying like, no, this is what my gut is telling me and actually listening to myself more. And you know what, maybe that was just a way for the universe to show up and be like, no bitch, you got this. Like, stop looking for external validation, you got it. Yes, you got bitch. it. You've got this, <laughs> you got bitch. This. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> you're busy so right now. Fun. You're doing like entrepreneur hot girl shit. <laughs> I am. Can't talk right now. I'm doing hot girl. Can't shit. talk right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. You can tell we're millennials. I, I didn't know. know how to like bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can tell we spend a lot of time on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Too much. Too much. There's just, uh, there's just not enough content in the world to get me through a whole year pandemic. So if I had to choose between Facebook and TikTok, I would choose TikTok all day long, 100% of the time. I do nothing but laugh or learn things on TikTok versus like my blood pressure goes through the roof when I get on Facebook. Yes. Well, so what I was equating it to the other day, because my parents were here and they like just didn't understand. And they were like thinking it was just like, even that I was too old for it, which I mean, whatever. But I was like, no, I think you guys remember, like we remember what I remember getting one of the first invites to Pinterest. Yep. And if you think about Pinterest and it's showing you only the things that you want to see and like the things that you've searched and whatever, TikTok is doing that, but faster <laughs> and like with more user generated content that's more creates more of a connection and is more um easier to interact with and to me it's just the new pinterest in a lot of ways i mean that's a valid point i just love it because and i found myself saying this all the time like oh i learned this on tiktok like it's Mm -hmm. teaching me like life hacks that i love but also Mm -hmm. it's just a way for me to turn my brain off and like if I just want to watch people doing like stupid dances, like I'm, I'm there for that as much as I am for like the good content, because I never really leave TikTok mad. It's like Facebook is like Walmart and TikTok is like Target. And so (laughs) that's like basically how I'm living my life now, because I had a really bad Walmart experience recently where I left and I was just so upset because nobody was wearing a mask and Mm. like there was no personal space whatsoever and there was only like one register open and I just left there and I was like why did I do this to myself this doesn't happen to me at Target like if I go to Target there's somebody standing at the door making sure that you have your mask on and they sanitizing your your cart before Mm -hmm. they give it to you and like if somebody sees you in an aisle they basically just like walk on past you they don't even come down the same aisle you're in Mm -hmm. and yeah so basically (laughs) TikTok is my my digital Target now. So I actually have a kind of similar, okay, now we're on this different topic and everything, but I have a similar thought process around the idea that our parents are so used to watching TV that is just on 
Like they're used to watching commercials. They're used to watching like you have to be there at a certain time to watch the show that you want to watch. And in my mind, like I, I have cable. I'm on this creative retreat and there's cable here. And I'm like, what? Commercials? Like <laughs> who's got I, time for this? I don't. <laughs> and I'm like, not about it. And, but the way I think of it is kind of like, we're so used to watching Netflix where you have to choose, you have to sit down and choose. And of course there's like recommendations, but like you have to choose what you want to watch and you choose to watch it without commercials or whatever. Like even Hulu, it only costs four or $5 more to get it without commercials. Yeah, no, Do I pay it. for no ads. It's totally, no ads it's worth it. Ever. Oh my God. It's so much more. Like I, it's literally yes. $4 more a month. I promise yes. you the time you're saving is worth the $4 you're going to spend. 1000%. <laughs> Thank you. That is an argument I've been making too. Also Hulu sponsor me. <laughs> Yes, yes, they should. But to kind of like finish up this little um, comparison is like, they're used to Facebook now and Facebook is like, whatever is going on and whatever happens to be on. And for me being so used to watching Netflix, I'm like, I want to choose what I look at and like what I learn about or if I want to zone out or if I want to learn or if I want to like put something new out there into the world. And they don't think of social media as consuming content, but in like TV as consuming content, I'm like, you just sat in front of the TV for three hours. What's the difference in me sitting in front of TikTok for three hours? Cause sometimes it is three hours. And like, I don't yeah. realize that most, which most is times it is three hours. The worst part. <laughs> yeah. Which is definitely the worst part, but I, I agree with you. Like I totally learn. And I think, but I think that's why they're, they're attracted to more Facebook. And I mean, I remember again, getting like, I was in college, so I got a Facebook invite, you know, like yep. where I was, I had a college email or whatever, because I was going into college. And like my first things on Facebook are from when I was a senior in high school, maybe. So I feel like they're, they got really used to that. So they kind of have taken that as their social media and they don't understand because the other social medias are so different that they don't understand how to choose what they look like, what they look at and choose what they like are consuming because they're so used to not doing that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a huge difference in the algorithms. Like when you, when you're on, you know, TikTok, like it learns pretty quickly, like the things that you're interested in and the things you're not interested in and, and versus, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook is, a, I mean, I, I think Facebook is a much more personal experience where you're like actually connected with people and the only reason I really even keep Facebook around is because there are people that I probably would never like see or talk to if it wasn't first Facebook. And then also, if I'm being completely honest, there's just a different level of drama on Facebook that I'm just into <laughs> sometimes. It is well, what you it know, is. you don't have your like housewives moments sometimes. Exactly. But there's something that I've been like reading about and it's called like a mental diet. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. when you're, when you're trying to like manifest and you're trying to up level your mindset, like it's really important the things that you let into your mind because you're essentially just like projecting outward, like your reality. And so if you're just constantly filling your, your mind with, um, with negativity or, or drama, or you're reading things that are upsetting to you, then that's going to project outward into your, your reality. And so there's this concept of a mental diet, essentially, where you just, you, you sign off of those social networks, or you silence those people who are upsetting you, you know, you do, you, you mute them for 30 days or whatever it is. And you're really only allowing things to enter into your reality that are going to be positive and uplifting. And, um, and for me, that even means like actually not watching the real housewives sometimes because they get yeah. into arguments and they're fighting and I'm just like right there with them. I'm like, 
no, Luann, you can't do that. Yeah. And so that means that I might have to go a week or two without watching My Housewives, which is okay because that means I get to binge watch it when it does, when I'm off my When you're ready. Diet. When you're but ready for it. I can tell a it. huge difference. <laughs> I can tell a huge difference when I am intentional about the kind of content that I'm consuming, you know, through social media or through TV or, you know, just whatever it is, even, even just the music that you're listening to. Think about how much music impacts your mood and how you're feeling and like the things that you're showing up for and it, it has a huge a huge impact on you and so just creating that mental diet for yourself even if it's just for 24 hours to say I'm gonna disconnect from from Facebook and I'm you know I'm gonna if you're if you're just addicted to it and you need it I think TikTok right. is a great alternative but I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to detox from just so much social media and um, well, and sometimes you need to do it like physically as well. Exactly. I mean, I'm literally on this creative retreat because I just needed a minute or a month, you know? So let's, <laughs> I think that's perfect transition into, so like I mentioned before, Amanda is a serial entrepreneur. She currently has what, three businesses? I guess like two. I mean, I am invested in paver. That's so. true. She is, she I is mean, also I'm an investor. An investor. She's an investor as well. Um, and I think it's important because you had your lead investor, Amanda, who I also yes. know and love um, on here. She's invested um, obviously like a larger sum of money, but what's really beautiful, and I think it just finished yesterday, your, your WeFunder, but it's really beautiful that for me going into my next phases of my life and be like knowing that I will be an investor in women-owned businesses that I really like love and support and like want to be a part of, I was able to get in. And I mean, I could have done less, I guess, but I did $500 and I feel so good about myself. It's <laughs> good about the company. You're welcome. I know. I was literally <laughs> like, thank you, Jess, for making this all possible because I, I mean, we haven't talked about my businesses yet, but they're all centered around women. And my whole goal in life is to support and empower women in lots of different ways. And for me to feel empowered as an investor, I don't know if I ever thought I was going to have that as like a reality. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I did it. I like, I clicked yes. I like wrote my little review. And I was like, yes, I were doing this. And now I have a goal of like 15 um, businesses or min at minimum streams of revenue exactly. But I'm thinking I want to be invested or own about 15 businesses by the time I'm 35 and I'm almost 32. So like, I mean, even if it's just a, a few more WeFunder companies or something, but I want to feel empowered that my future and the future that I'm investing in and, um, you know, building along next to is powered by women. I mean, that's absolutely a major part of my reality and like, I will manifest that. And it's because I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And like, actually be like, okay, I now am an investor. I was 31 years old when I became an investor in, you know, my first company that wasn't my own. And like, I just, I'm appreciative for the experience one, but also like, it's cool that you can be an investor and support what you want the future to look like. Even when you don't have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to do that with, even when you only have the 500 to get started or whatever it is. Um, it was just really exciting. So thanks. No, I love that. And I obviously I'm so grateful that you are an investor, but I've actually seen a pretty common theme 
And I talked about this a little bit in the podcast that I did with the other Amanda about mm-hmm. how there are so many, I mean, are still, and so we did actually, um, we've extended our WeFunder campaign. So we're going to keep raising money. Yay. I didn't know that that was an option. <laughs> I talked to my WeFunder people on Friday and who was like, you know, we could just leave this open. I'm like, well, then why don't I leave it open? If people want to <laughs> give me money, I'm going to let them give me money. Yes, um, that's but amazing. Yes. But still, I mean, over 90% of our investors have been women investors and talking to so many of them, it's something that they've been interested in, but they just didn't know how, or maybe they hadn't found the right thing. And like you said, you can get it, you can actually get started for as little as $100 to become mm-hmm. an investor. It's just an easy way to kind of dip your toe in the water. And, um, but it really, I think shines a light on like, why are there not more investment opportunities for women? Like, why don't women feel like they can invest in themselves? And, you know, right. it just opens up so many doors. And I think that all of the different things that you have your hand in all kind of have that underlying theme mm-hmm. of empowering women and supporting women, whether it's through the clothes that they're weather- wearing or through the items they can buy in, in your gift shop. And so before we talk about like the businesses you're actively on, though, I want to talk for just a moment about how you started a business and then decided that that business wasn't going to be your forever business. So you shut it down and you went back to work in retail to learn more because that's something that came up in a conversation that I had recently with someone that was like, I mean, what do you do if it doesn't work? I'm like, well, you just go do something else until you're ready to do it again. And I think that Mm -hmm. you're, you're actually probably the only person that I know, or at least that I'm aware of that has actually gone through that and did go on, even though your first one was a quote unquote failure you went on to do so many more incredible things. You didn't just stop there. So take us through your entrepreneur journey. And, you know, and I know we could talk about this literally all evening, but the, the quick notes version. Of I know. How you it was got like, here. <laughs> okay, I'm a long winded bitch. So like, how do I sum it up? But I can do it. I can do it. I feel good. I feel empowered and excited about it. So, um, Yes, I owned, I've owned multiple businesses. I get a little confused of how many at this point sometimes, which sounds weird, but sometimes they evolve from one into another. And do I count that as two or one or whatever? So before, um, before the new black and wow, which are my companies right now, I was working in retail in the mall. And before that I owned a company, like I opened my first store and my first studio and store in college. And I was like making stuff in my dorm room. I was like the headband queen. I like made all these like vintage headbands and like all this stuff, but I was always a maker and creative. And so basically from there, I opened a a studio space in in Melwood Art Center, which is kind of a a studio space where a lot of artists are. And then I moved into one of their storefronts, um, which was in the courtyard area. And because I wasn't just selling my own stuff anymore, I renamed it and it was called The Hanger. And because everything in there, like the artwork and the clothing I was selling and everything hung up. So it was called The Hanger. Just kind of silly. My brother named most of, like helped me name a lot of my businesses. And he came up with that, which was great. Um, And I had that business for multiple years. And basically it transformed so many different ways. But eventually I moved it over to um, kind of the Highlands, which is more of a Um, a real store space, I would say. And I owned it for over a year and I was making everything. I'm a fashion designer and I couldn't even call myself that then because I had two degrees and neither were fashion or business. So I was just kind of learning on the fly. I knew I wanted to be my own boss. I knew I was a leader. I knew I was creative, but I didn't have a lot of the building blocks 
you know, kind of set in, in, uh, in place yet. So from there, it was going okay, but I was making everything individual. Everything was, I take your measurements, we pick out a fabric, we pick out a design, I figure out how to make it. And they were all like under a hundred dollars. Oh, wow. And yeah, I, I mean, they were pretty like, like a day dress, like a simple dress. It wasn't like gowns, but still difficult to make something yeah. from scratch yeah. <laughs> every single time. Um, so it definitely was difficult. And once I realized that it was just kind of, it just wasn't a scalable opportunity. Like I had had employees there and like had seamstresses come in and we, we were trying to figure things out, but really that was reliant on my solo creativity and interest in it. And it just wasn't going to go much further. Um, and around that time, like I had a lot of life changes. Um, I lost um, my grandfather, like right as I decided to close the shop, I was getting married in a couple of months. We were trying to choose whether we should live closer to my husband's job or stay in Louisville or what. So I decided that I would close it down. All good. It's not that it like went away. It just evolved, you know, into yeah. something way better. And I decided that I would take the experience that I had and still put it like into a really good resume. And I got an assistant manager job in a retail um, big box store in Charlotte. So I'll just say it, yeah. whatever. And then um, we lived in Bloomington, Indiana, which is like two hours from Louisville for a little while, which was closer to my husband's job. And we kind of just had our own like newlywed time and all that stuff. And so I worked there for, I want to say it was like a year and a half. And then maybe another year, I'm um, the next year I moved over to Francesca's and I was acting store manager for a while, but always in management and always understanding to learn the daily operations of running a store um, because I didn't have any of that when I owned the hangar. So once I saw like all the environmental degradation and human degradation of fast fashion and I was in fashion before making everything custom, but also like knowing that I didn't want to be a part of traditional fast fashion mm -hmm. and just blowing it out of the water. I was like, you know what, I'm going to take all of my experience and combine it together. And I decided to open the new black, which is um, based around the trendy fashion frames, phrase, like blank is the new black. So we wanted the trends, which you would usually insert into that blank to be sustainable, ethical, um, and empowerment. So from there, I decided to start a Kickstarter, got my first uh, five grand to... Which was enough to do like your first like little black dress pattern? So it was difficult because we basically bought like fabric, we got an office, we spent that five grand so fast. I mean, you know, yeah, it goes grand, so... Ain't, ain't shit. <laughs> nothing, nothing. But at the time I was like, oh my God, oh, yeah. like, you know, because that was in more than mind, I had like in savings. Like, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. But once you're like your first fabric comes in and they won't refund you, even though it has holes all over it oh, and no. you can't use it all, that's like $1,300 down the drain. And then you decide to switch to a different one and then pattern getting patterns made and developed is a um it's a skill it's a like a trade so you have to like really know how to do it so you have to pay a more premium like dollar to actually get those made so eight hundred dollars in samples and in patterns and me realizing like I don't want to be the person that does everything but I can't afford to be the person who pays for everything so yep. I kind of took those things and then like readjusted them a little bit and then made them my own and then just took back on um, manufacturing because we just couldn't afford it. 
couldn't afford it otherwise. And then started selling dresses two months later out of a tent at the flea off market. <laughs> and we're doing okay. I mean, we made like 10 grand our first year, which obviously isn't much of anything, but um, you know, from there, we got enough interest to start the mobile boutique, which is where you and I met. Yep. Um, so I had the truck and her name was Betty. Uh, Whoa, Black Betty for, you know, her full name. And she always made so many noises that scared me that made me go, whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> that was her full name. And then from there, a, we yeah. had a black convertible in uh, high school and her name was Black Betty. Like, oh, Yeah. Oh, Black Betty family. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So I used to play that all the time in there just to like try to motivate myself when I was going to like a new uh, show or festival or whatever. So, and I had a space in my home where I could make the clothes and I had seamstresses that worked with me. I've always had people kind of with me all of these times. So again, that's another episode, but employees mm. and dealing with contractors and like, it's just a lot of personalities and everything. But um, I've always had it's never just, it's never really been just me. It's definitely been different levels. Like I had 15 employees at one point and I've had like one at other yeah. points, but I always had somebody that was kind of with me, still holding me kind of, you know, responsible, accountable, that kind of stuff too. But from there we opened the mall store. So I actually ended up back in a mall, but with a sustainable and ethical clothing company that empowered women through their wardrobe. And I did that for two and a half years. And then when we really became friends is when I was moving out of the mall and having an existential crisis about my whole life and like, why was I doing it? But it was just, it was so crazy expensive and so stressful to have a store that's open, you know, 13 to 15 hours a day, 363 days a year, like for yeah, multiple years. Yeah. So we, I mean, we made the most money we've ever made as a company while we were there, but I also spent the most money I've ever spent you know, keeping it running. And it's just, I was like, man, I can have the same profit. And which sometimes is like almost nothing <laughs> and not be this crazy. So I decided as I was turning 30 to, to not do that anymore and not yeah, have I mean, all the stress. I think that we sometimes think like bigger is better. Like, right. oh, if I like I just definitely did. to scale up and I've got all of these things that people tell me that I need, but then sometimes you look at it and you're like, I could actually make the same margins with less and yeah. like it's really I'm gonna all make about that the decision <laughs> because at the end of the day like I have to take care of myself too and if I'm having to work seven days a week you know 80 hour work weeks like I'm not healthy I'm not taking care of myself and I'm I'm just I'm just doing something just for the sake of like making it seem like my business is is growing when in reality my business could grow more if I took better care of myself and was more intentional with my time and the things that I was doing. And I, I can't imagine having a store in the mall, like you said, where you're open 13 hours a day and you only get to close on like Christmas day. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're still the owner. So even though you have people working, like you still have to be on call and available. And if one of them yeah. calls in, then you have to go cover that shift. And I know I'm like, yeah. I'm not cut out for retail period, but. Well, cause I, they will fine you if you're not open. So it would cost me more yeah. than my rent to be closed one day. I was wow. like, nope, not doing that. No. So yeah, so you were moving mm -hmm. out of the mall mm -hmm. and you moved into, I mean, a, a beautiful new space and mm -hmm. and then and then COVID happened. I mean, you were in your yeah. new space, what, a, a year, a little over a year? No, I mean, so I just uh, moved out of my space at the very end of 2020 and basically 
I, w I opened in August and so August to March. So I guess it's like six months. Yeah. Something like that. A, a year. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so we, we were made, like we made actually gaining. Yeah. We were actually starting to gain traction and we had our five year anniversary party on the uh, March 7th. Um, and then I went wow. on vacation the next day because yeah. I was just like, oh, COVID. Like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> she didn't like just go on vacation you guys she went on a cruise yeah. oh yeah I went on a cruise to the Caribbean and literally lockdown happened when I was on the cruise and I could not I, I could not I spent so much money on extra internet on the cruise just to figure out what we were going to do and you know of course we no one exactly knew what was going on and it was just really stressful and you know we had just celebrated the a new collection that I just released because we always have parties and um, collection um, launch nights and those are always so much fun and then the next day I decided to have two parties in one week so I did a collection party and then a five-year anniversary and then right after that my world just totally changed completely, completely upside down so you can yeah. imagine being in the middle of a pandemic and we went on total lockdown like you had to close mm -hmm. it wasn't even a yeah. a decision that you got to make, which you would have made the right decision anyway, but you, yeah. you had to shut down. And at first we thought, what, oh, we'll be shut down for two weeks, maybe three yeah, weeks. Yeah, we thought two, and then we thought a month, and then it was two months, and then nobody was comfortable. Well, because I have a very, like, I mean, I've curated also my, you know, customer base to be very interested in empowerment and ethical treatment of human beings and sustainable materials. So there's a lot of people who understand the idea of, like, taking care, you know, of the whole. So I didn't even have people that wanted to come back in. And I was like, cool. So like, I, I love you guys, but like, we can do things differently. So I didn't even reopen until August. So I was closed for almost six months. Yeah. And you, but you do have your online store. So you had already been selling yes. online and just hadn't been your main focus up until that point. So you were really forced to make that pivot into you know, where you've got this beautiful in-person shopping experience, but now just to stay alive, you have to pivot to being, <laughs> you know, online. And I think that you made a really, you made some really quick, smart decisions on how to do that. And uh, for those of you who have never, this is your first interaction with Amanda, you have to go check her out on Instagram. We'll link up all of her different social media channels in the show notes, but something she is incredible about is her community and building a community and it's not you know empowering women isn't just a tagline like it really is no. in the core of everything that she does and everything that her brands do and that resonates so much through everything that she does and as a result of that she's built this really amazing community of women who not only love her clothes but love her mission and I think that they really rallied around you during that time to kind of mm -hmm. help you and, and say, like, we totally get it. If you need to, like, keep the store closed, like, we, yeah. we know where to find you. You're engaged with them on Instagram and through your website. And now she's a TikTok star as well. She just went viral <laughs> twice in one week. Again, yeah. I'm going to link up all of her social medias because there's, like, 92 of them. I will link them all up in the show notes. But just tic TikTok famous now, but for yeah. my other brand. <laughs> but I think that speaks to yeah. that speaks to the community that you have, but also that you're able to now even build more communities because not only <laughs> did you have a business that had to basically pivot and stop in the middle of a pandemic oh but by mm -hmm. the way I'm gonna start a new business too reopened I reopened um on August 1st um 
for the new black. And then I opened my second business of last year, which was WOW, or Woman-Owned Wallet. So WOW for short. And I opened WOW on August 8th. And then I bought a house <laughs> literally within like a week of that and moved my entire house. And so I was renovating the new black while we were closed to like open bigger and better than ever. Cause I was like, oh, fall, fall's always my biggest collections. And then at the same time, I was like recognizing that all these women owned businesses around me, there was 38 women owned businesses within like six blocks of me. And I had always sold exclusively independent female artists and um, femme artists and like always sold like the idea that we need to be putting our money into this world that we want to create. So like I wanted to support them. So I made this tour map of all the women owned businesses. And then during the pandemic, I was walking to one of the women owned businesses that sells coffee. Thank goodness they were still open. Um, during that time, you could like walk up to the window. And I saw across the street, there was the most beautiful little space available. And I was like, I have to rent that space. It's the perfect spot. It's in the middle of this tour. It really that is I the just, perfect spot. It's such a good spot. And when I called, I was like, okay, there's gonna be no way that I can afford this place. Like I already had all this like drama around it. I was like, no, 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 I can't. So that was April when I rented. Um, Wow. Like wow. When I was like, wow. I was like, wow, exactly. Wow. <laughs> it's such a good name. Because <laughs> I just always am saying it. Yeah. But I feel like, I mean, I thought I knew what was going to happen. Like, I thought I understood. And I mean, obviously, just so much changed every single day and week and month. And, um, you know, I just didn't even like uh, start renovating it until July because I yeah. just wanted to sit on it for a couple months because. Well, I knew that thought, it like, wouldn't be worth it. You know, I'm going to rent this space in April. We'll open like midsummer. Surely by then, yeah. you know, it's always just been like, surely by surely. then, surely by then, surely by exactly. then. Yeah. But wow has really taken off. It's really thrived in, you know, you, the storefront is open now. It's been open for mm -hmm. several months. And, um, and it's not just the tour anymore. Wearing, yeah. It's not just the tour. It's this beautiful gift shop full of just, feminist like I always describe it as like if you need to buy your best friend a gift this is where you need to go yes like, it has something for everyone every time I walk in there I walk out with something new um but it's just the perfect spot but it, it also has done really well in the online e-commerce space and I've I think you've done such a great job of like merging your communities and making your online customers feel the same feelings that you get at, as you're you know when you're an in-person customer mm -hmm. and I think that even though they're two completely separate things where you're creating sustainable clothing that's handmade versus yeah, we still hand make everything <laughs> yeah versus with with wow those are products that are curated from other makers but they're all women owned they all mm -hmm. center around that same theme of empowering other women and mm -hmm. so even though they're two different brands again that kind of underlying women empowerment is still there and this is just a little bit, I, I feel like, so bear with me here. If you're a Vanderpump Rules person, you've got, you've got <laughs> Sir, and then you've got. You, <laughs> oh my God. I love it. And then you've got Villablanca, right? And so Villablanca is the new black <laughs> and Sir is wow. And they're both. What's Tom Tom going to be? I mean, exactly. <laughs> like the but next that's, thing. That's exactly Sorry. what it is. But I'm sorry if you're listening and you just heard like the most screeching laughter ever, but that made <laughs> my, 
I mean, I love to think of myself as Lisa Vanderpump, except like, except for her like last season on Housewives, but like the rest of it and all the pink and everything as well, it's very sassy. But yeah, I think Rosa, um, specifically, you're so right. Pal. I love all of our comparisons. Like what yeah. a good, what a good job we're doing with compare. Like, yeah, and really, we're like, don't compare yourselves, but you can compare yourself when it's like positively like yeah, positive <laughs> comparison positive totally comparison. lisa vanderpump in my exactly. brain now like it's fine like you cannot shudder like you cannot shatter that mindset for me it's just it's in there now it is I, <laughs> I do think one thing i just wanted to point out is like we, we talked about building communities though the thing that i learned that i really appreciate is that communities people think it's like so hard because you have to you have to like bring someone in and then you have to individually do everything, you know, to create that connection with that one person when it turns out there's a whole lot of us that have the same kind of needs, the same kind of um, questions, the same kind of things that we need, um, like served. And so a lot of times people will be like, I can't, you can't grow a community to be so big and have it still be authentic. Well, if you think of it more of like, you can grow connection and you can grow intimacy. Intimacy can literally be scaled to such a large amount. Like you follow all these people and you love all these people. We just talked about Lisa Vanderpump. Like, yes, you better believe when I went to LA on my 30th birthday, I went to Sir for dinner because there is an intimacy that's created around just all of these like large entities. Like they all have a personality and you're attracted to that. And that's important to understand that even as like a small business and as like a small maker, a lot of the times you think you can't scale because can you make your product that many times? Like all the logistics, all that stuff will scale the intimacy, scale the connection. And yeah. then your community starts to grow so much quicker and literally sales solves all problems. So, you know, obviously it's great if that comes back to you monetarily, but if you're interested in having a business that you feel great about, scale the intimacy and scale the connection because that is key. Well, and your authenticity always like shines through. Of course, and yeah. I think that's such a huge part of it. And I, I know for a lot of people, like, you know, you have a business and, and you want to grow this community and you want to grow this huge social media following and you want to do all these things, but you're afraid to get on camera. You're afraid mm -hmm. to be vulnerable. You're afraid mm -hmm. to make time for it. And that's honestly, I think what you've done so well is that you consistently show up. You're always posting content and you're consistently showing up as yourself. And mm -hmm. the brand is like secondary. It's like, yeah. it's you first and then it's the, the brand. And then those two things are married, but people care about you. You know, like it's, we always come back to that no like and trust factor. So it's like, you could sell me a paper bag and I'd buy it. Cause <laughs> I know that if Probably you're putting your one. time and your attention <laughs> into it, then it's going to be the best paper bag I ever had. Like it's going to be all recycled, but pink and have yeah. like the prettiest design on it. Because that's just that that's who I am. Like I, I'm on this creative retreat right now because I couldn't find one where somebody like was like going to be roller skating every single day and also wanted to like spend three hours on TikTok and not made him feel bad about it. But like read a funny book and then watch Housewives while they were eating ice cream, while they were watching Shark Tank, all the commercials of Housewives like reunion. So like, I feel like I just stepped into like, these are all the things that I love. And if I just continue to show, like you're saying, like the authenticity, like sometimes that can be scary for people, but you don't want a bunch of people that don't like you. Like yeah. who you really are. You can't continue. Or that just like some sort of persona that you've crafted. Exactly. That's not really you. Like I show up on camera, whether I'm fully done up 
or whether I'm, you know, looking like as cute as I am right now in my pro science, pro dolly sweatshirt, no makeup on. Like I would get on camera right now and just be like, oh my gosh, you guys, like I just needed to tell you this. Also, like I externally process. So <laughs> there's a lot of that that happens. And I think people are just attracted. You know, it's part of my charm. It's just part of it. It's like my social anxiety comes out in oversharing and <laughs> external processing. And some people love that. And some people hate that. And the people that hate that won't, won't Which know, is okay. If like, you and trust me. Everybody like, cool. isn't your customer. Like, that is okay. Like, it's okay for people to not like you. 100%. Because the people that are your customers and how you continue to build that, like, brand loyalty is is like having, it's so weird. Like I hate to say all the same buzzwords that you hear, like be genuine and authentic and stuff. Yeah, it's fucking true. But there yeah, are you gotta there's do a it. reason there's buzzwords there is a reason. getting said over and over again because you, like, you're looking for something else that. that feels more accessible to you. But at the end of the day, like you're just gonna have to show up. You're gonna have to be yourself and you're gonna have to do those two exactly. things consistently. And so my I mean, favorite, I'm like, preaching to the choir here and then also, like, you know, <laughs> we're, hot calling we're, the kettle black because I still can't do it myself. But I know we're the reason here. you've been so successful is because of it. Well, we're here to inspire each other and help each yeah. other grow and challenge each other in beautiful ways. But my cousin has the best tattoo. I'm pretty sure it's from Peter Pan. But it says bravery will follow. And like, oh, if that. I'm scared to do, I know, I was like, can I get it too? Cause like, yeah. I need another tattoo. Like, is it going to be weird? But I mean, she's also like my little sister and my, one of my best friends as well. So like, I don't think it would be that weird, but that concept, like my mom, when she found out about my cousin's tattoo was like, but Amanda, like you're the most like courageous person that I know. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, really? And she was like, because even when things scare you besides spiders, but anything else, <laughs> Even when it scares you, you make the decision to do it anyway. And even when it seems impossible, like you've always shown me that you will find a way. Like it's it's courageous and brave to do it scared, like to yeah. do it anyway. And the longer you're practicing it and the longer you get into it, and like we're talking about these serial, you know, entrepreneurs and like these all these businesses we've owned, it's the same concept. The longer you're doing it, the more authentic you are about it, the longer you can sustain that. And the more like your, your community and your audience and your, they're now my friends, like will dive deep into your business. I have people that literally have 80 plus orders of clothes with me and their wow. entire closet is full of things. And it's not because the clothes are, you know, went bad or that life cycle is too short that they fell apart. No, they just wanted more <laughs> they just they love it so much and the fit of it and the feel of it and everything else but they're invested so deeply and you don't need to go super wide like you need to find your hundred people that spend a hundred dollars every month to you know make that ten thousand dollars a month or yeah. whatever you know just you need to find the people that care enough and that you're connected to enough and that you're your like heart feels right with that you can continue to sell them amazing things that they're going to love. And that when you're shopping online and at 3am, like, because you're <laughs> trying to fill your feminist gift shop with the cutest stuff, you know, they're going to love it because they already are like bought into the brand. And it's hard to like, sometimes compare like, you know, like we don't always want to feel like the money part of it, like the sales part, like we're, we're not here just for a sale. And I'm truly not here just for a sale. I'm here for a future 
world that I want to live in where women are empowered. And the way that I know how to do that is to connect makers to an audience that cares about them, that allows them to be their creative artistic selves that like that they will spend money with, that they will, you know, dive deep in with. And if you can't like find those things, that's where, that's where you start to struggle. So you kind of have to like literally be able to sustain a business long enough. They say like, think of your why. And that's technically what I'm doing. But it's more about to me, like every single day, you know, you take those steps forward. Even if it feels like a small step, you need to take a step forward. You know, even like doing something behind the scenes or doing something in person, but having the sales come and the sales kind of match your, um, your why, it will happen as long as you can sustain it long-term. But I went from like $10,000 my first year to $50,000 in my bus to like 110 and then over 200. Like, it's just, it, it takes a lot longer, you know, yeah, than we all think time. it does. Like, I think, you know, we think and we hope that we can just go out and do something and we're just going to be like overnight successes. But something I've learned recently is like, you know, if you look at all these overnight successes, look at what they've been doing for the last 10 yeah. years. And it's just, you know, I get people yeah. like all the time. They're like, Oh, I've, I saw you in this article and this article and this article. And like, you're just blowing up. And I'm like, no, nah, baby, like I've been here. <laughs> like I've been here. You're just now noticing, but mm-hmm. I've been here like doing that work. And it's just, it's consistency and knowing that you're going to fail and understanding that you just need to take something out of that failure and keep going. And like you said, just be afraid and do it anyway. Like i adopted this mantra a long time ago that like being afraid isn't a good reason not to do something so like you can be afraid but you just have to do it anyway and even if you fall flat on your face like at least you can say that you did it because there's so Mm -hmm. many people who are out there who just won't who won't do it because they're just too afraid to do it I would rather see you do it and fail than to never do it at all I'd rather be the only thing standing in my way if I'm exactly. the only thing standing in my way, I can move myself out of I the way. I can move myself out of the way. That is, uh, maybe that's the tattoo that we need to get is like, yeah, get out of the <laughs> move way. out of your own way. <laughs> Just get out of your own way. Move, bitch, and get out the way. <laughs> there are yes. so many things, I think, especially in terms of your mindset, when I realize like I am the only thing that's like holding me back mm-hmm. from raising $250,000 or raising a million dollars or like whatever it is. Like I am the only person that's holding me back and it is fucking frustrating when you realize yes. that, but it's also liberating because you're like, well, I can, I can fix that. You know, like I yeah. can work on me. I can figure out what those things are. That's actually Definitely. the easiest, easiest path to take, but you've got to get out of your own way. You've got to understand that you're going to fail and that you're going to fail multiple times and that mm-hmm. it's well, just a fleeting moment. And I think listening to yourself, you know, we've talked a little bit about this creative retreat and just kind of coming back to that a little bit. I did have to move out of my storefront. It wasn't financially sustainable for the new black that is 95 plus percent online now because of COVID and everybody's cool with that. That was never a thing that happened before in my business, but we did not need, even though I just renovated, it was the most beautiful space I've ever had. Like we financially did not need the extra burden of having a store space when we have beautiful launches and beautiful events and we could move into a studio that was almost one fourth of the price point of what my previous um, rent was and it comes with 
a kitchen and a shared, I mean, obviously Jess knows because she's in the same building, but we have this beautiful courtyard that I plan to make so fucking amazing for these like future events. So I feel like when you have to make those really hard decisions, that did, it did weigh super heavy on me. And I cried about it for a long time because I definitely had those moments of like, well, the, you know, the pandemic finally caught up to me. Like it finally did. Like I can't keep, you know, keep financially doing these things. Like it finally hit my business. And then when I thought about it, like, of course, like no one did it. It pivoted my business and we're still doing fine. We're still open and everything. It just doesn't look the way that it did before, but I still needed, I needed some space and I needed some time. I moved out of that space. We set up the new studio. I've got an amazing team that is holding it together for me while I'm not physically there, but I, I kind of needed to prove to myself a little bit that I would allow myself to have the time that I needed to kind of process through the trauma that, you know, owning a business during 2020 was and how every single day I woke up not knowing what new thing was going to be like mm. hitting my face today. So I feel like there was just so many like little things that brought me to the point of I needed some time and some space. And I also wanted to prove it to myself as an entrepreneur that I do this also so that I can take care of myself. And what I need right now is physical space not even creative. Like I call this a creative retreat because I've been doing a lot of fun stuff that I haven't been able to get to other times. But I listened to myself. I took myself out of my surroundings in order to be able to process what had actually happened before just moving on past it. And I think that was incredibly important. And for me, it was a month in Orlando. You know, I have not been out in the pandemic doing anything crazy. My cousin lives here, who is one of my best friends. We've been able to spend time together. Like I'm around family. I'm in a space that provides me my you know necessities and I'm able to do creative things which is who I am at my core. So I feel like taking that time, really listening to yourself and if it's time away from it, give give that to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's wonderful that you recognize like I see you constantly recognizing when you need to do something for you and understanding that you can only be the best version of you for your business if you are the best version of you for yourself too and so you'll take that time to gather yourself before you move on to something else and knowing that like I could just kind of like sweep this under the rug and jump to right. the next thing but that's a decision that you consciously don't make because you know that it's only going to cause a ripple effect down the line and I'm, I'm really proud of you for being able to do that and I really think that it's so important that we listen to ourselves and to our bodies and understand that this is such an unprecedented time and that business doesn't look the same. It's probably never going to look right. the same, quite honestly. Yeah. And we just have to come to terms with that and figure out, okay, how are we going to move forward? How, what are, what are the things that are important to us now? Because things that were important to us a year ago have probably changed because so much has changed. So I just want to encourage you just... if you're listening to, to take that time for yourself. And if you're feeling like you're spiraling and you don't know what to do or you're afraid to make that pivot just take some time to listen to yourself and and you know what the answer is and if it's right if it's an answer that makes you uncomfortable that that probably means it's the right answer <laughs> yeah I just didn't want to make decisions like if I let this kind of fester like I did when I moved out of my last space I just struggle with transitions a lot 
Um, and that's just something I know about myself and I'm willing to honor and like take time to, like I said, process through it, but you don't want to make a decision from a desperate place or a, you know, hurt place. So giving your yourself that time, you know, to go through and whatever that means for you, whatever that looks like for me, it meant roller skating on my back patio and, you know, I have a massage pretty soon, like <laughs> those kinds of things. And it sounds, it sounds very glorified when I say it like that, but I'm spending serious time with myself and with understanding how I'm interested in entering the next phase of my business and how I'm interested in um, taking care of myself, not even just the whole self-care thing, but it's like, I'm taking care of myself because I'm my best investment. And if I keep making decisions out of desperation, which I wasn't doing and I was proud of myself for not doing, but if I go into that cycle, it's not good for anyone. So I took the time. I'm feeling good. I'm in week three of four. So I'll be back next week. I'm very excited. I miss everyone. I miss my cats a lot. I miss my husband. I miss my studio. I miss everything. But it's it's nice to have that space, especially in a pandemic year when you've been doing the same thing and you've been in all the same spaces. I just need a little bit of a physical space to help my mental space kind of free up a little bit. And it's it's done wonders. So I'm very happy and proud of myself. I agree. Thank you very much for being proud of me because sometimes you just need to hear that too, but I'm very um, proud of myself for actually taking this time. Well, I know that you're going to come back better than ever. I've already heard some of your ideas <laughs> and the things that you're preparing for. And I know that we could literally talk for days. You're obviously going to have to come back on the podcast and we will wrap it up. <laughs> some of those things that we didn't get to talk about. But thank you again for, for being here today. I'm going to link up all of Amanda's information, all of her businesses, all of her social media accounts in those show notes. Definitely check her out. I, I have like probably 10 different pieces from the new black and they are my favorite clothes. Hands down. I've told Amanda this a hundred times that they feel like you're wearing pajamas. <laughs> which is what I love about them. She uses this incredible bamboo sustainable fabric and it is just like wearing butter on your skin. It's amazing. So check out the new black. You can still Yay. shop online mm -hmm. and I will definitely have Amanda back on the podcast and maybe we will plan one of these do whatever the fuck you want retreats post COVID yes. and we yes. can all just come together and do whatever the <laughs> fuck we want somewhere really cool. Yeah, I agree. Let's do that. Awesome. Well, thanks, Amanda. We will talk to you soon. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for listening to There She Grows. For show notes, resources I talked about in this episode, or links to our free downloads, visit www.thereshegrowspodcast.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.